Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello, and welcome to the third episode of the show. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Track Leaders, because right now the Colorado Trail Race is going on, and when I asked what tonight's show is brought to you by, Andrea was just staring at Track Leaders on her phone. I thought you were talking to Kenny, okay? I Look, if you're going to talk that loud, you got to tell me now, and talk that loud the whole show, <laughs> but if you're not going to talk that loud, you need to tell me and like, let me- I'm going to talk this loud the whole show. All right, I'm going to turn you up, and if you start clipping- because you insist on talking louder, then it's on you. And it's your it's a you problem, not a me problem. See that was have you have you watched the Olympics stuff yet? No. More specifically the cycling stuff? None. Not at all. Do you want to watch it? Are you interested in it? Do you want to talk about it? Um <laughs> we can talk about it a little. I'll, I haven't watched it at all. Like I, I, I know watched, I've watched zero Olympics. I know there's a well, we can wait until you watch it because it's it's really good. The women's race is amazing. There, so there's no way to watch, watch it as anymore. usual. You can't watch it for free. Uh, now. I can you? Yeah, I can. I got I got some tricks for you. Okay, so we'll talk about the Olympics. Yeah, next We'll talk episode. about watching the Olympics illegally later off air. The secret ingredient is crime. <laughs> no, it's not illegal. It's just milking the legal way. It's just very creative. Okay. So, um, Kenny, I want to talk about some new shit that we probably don't hate first. Okay. Okay, let's do it. Um, and I feel like there's no one better to talk about this product than you. I don't think there's a single person that's a member of Just Riding Along or <laughs> anyone that's been on the show in the past or anyone that has ever been associated with any recording that I've done specialized, hot take, hot leak, they're bringing out a full-faced helmet, fucking go. What do you think? <laughs> I actually, funny enough, I happened to see a picture of that. I don't know. It's probably pretty cool. It's it's mildly ugly. It's got a pretty big mouth hole. <laughs> uh, do you think that's so you can stick things in your mouth through it, like eat a corn dog with your helmet on while on the lift? I mean, a corn dog will fit, but maybe like a water bottle won't. You're going to be the problem is you're going to be tempted to <laughs> try to slam that water bottle in that mouth hole, but it's not going to fit. It's kind of like you know opening a, a glass door just a little ways, and your dog's got a stick and is trying to like get into the house, and the, the stick's getting caught in the door, can't figure it out. Like a sliding I have door, you mean? It's going to be. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, what? But if, I'm sure it's if great. If you had that full face helmet what things would you try to stick in the mouth hole um as mentioned corn dogs for sure uh just a regular water bottle i just carry gatorade bottles now because i don't need fancy things i a gatorade 20 ounce gatorade bottle fits amazing in a water bottle cage especially he, the specialized ones you work at a shop you probably can have water bottles for free I mean, I could, but then they get nasty and all that stuff. I've never had a nasty Camelback or uh, water bottle in the past, like, three years because I just cram a Gatorade in there, and then I put other Gatorades in my backpack. <laughs> Gatorade works fine. Sometimes I even go to Costco and get sport drink. So, serious question, because I know that this is something that, like, like, the running world embraces, but the cycling world doesn't. And I've seen some embrace from this in other industries like the moto industry as well, like for hard enduro. You're asking if I carry those little 
hand bottles? Like, you know, runners carry dually hand bottles. And the answer is yes, I ride my bike that way. And that is maybe why I crashed. No, I was going to say like some of those bottles you'll see they have like an XL nipple on them. You know, like a four inch, like it's like a bottle with a camelback hose on it, essentially. Does that make sense? Yeah. That would go through that mouth hole perfect. A million dollar idea, and it probably exists. So hopefully, listeners out there can tell me. I'll bet you there's just a thread on like Gatorade 20 ounce bottle top that is like an actual, uh, you know, it's got like a nipple on it, like a nice thing where you can just grab that 20 ounce and squeeze it and you're good to go. Because right now, I just like unscrew a bottle like a poor person and I just pour it in my mouth and not it's like fine. a poor person I don't race. like someone who so you have to every time you want water do you have to you have to stop that's correct wow I drink like one like I drink once an hour or so it's fine so that is something I need to look for because that really would be cool I like the um I like the Gatorade bottle thing. Honestly, it's cheap, it's easy, it's fast. What you I have a zillion of them. What you should do is this. You should take a Gatorade bottle. You should drill a hole in the lid. The million dollar idea, right? Drill a hole in the lid, okay? Put a Presta valve through there with no valve core in it. Put one of those problem solvers peanuts on there cuz you'll need a peanut cuz it's a single wall rim. And then <laughs> You will then find the right size hose at the hardware store that fits over a presser valve, and you'll shove that on there, and then you'll be able to just like squirt Gatorade in your mouth in your full face helmet with like six extra inches of hose, so you can like not have to take your helmet off or anything. That'll work perfect. Oh, I got I've got so many ideas. That's a good idea. I like that one a lot. Um, you could. My, my favorite could part is drinking through a used Presta valve stem because nothing yeah. bad can happen then. I mean, I would at you least get put, a fresh one. You could drill a hole through the top of the plastic top, and then you could put a condom over it. You squeeze it, fill up the condom, and then you could bite the condom. <laughs> or, Kenny, I've never won. I just hope you know that you now have recorded in high quality, you could bite the condom. <laughs> that has oh been recorded God. in like high def. Like, That's fine. That's fine. I think we're done. Uh, like we, we can wrap it up for the night. I this is the, the shortest show we've ever done. Just remember, kids. Yeah, it was a good show. Wrap bite up, the condom. No pun intended. <laughs> or don't bite the condom. I don't know. Should you? Do, I don't think you should do that. I, I don't know. That should just be the closing for every show. Just play that sound bite um well, you know speaking of gatorade well, I, kenny have you i mean you were well, hold sh- on i was gonna ask kenny about fancy gatorade i want to go back to the helmet though oh okay i feel like this is an enduro helmet and not a downhill not a downhill helmet yeah well i think they bill it as exactly that i think a bunch of the ews people is my understanding were the ones that were wearing it Maybe I don't know so, anyone. So yeah. So, um, oh, okay. My understanding that the picture I saw was of an EWS lady, I believe, uh, wearing it, and maybe some other dudes were wearing it. Oh yeah, it says right here in this pink bike article they're enduro team riders. So, 
There you go. I mean, it looks comfortable for a full face. It looks like it would be super airy. Well, it looks to be I have... in line with that Troy Lee. I don't know what they call it. I can't remember the name, but Troy Lee made a helmet, and they were like, it's so much lighter if the chin bar is not removable. Like, it's just because we don't have to like yeah. manufacture in that mechanism. Yeah, for sure. And I got a Smith full face that's like a light one, and that one's pretty nice. I've got a couple complaints about it, but it's a pretty good helmet overall. It's the first new helmet I've gotten in a really long time. I got, let's see, I bought my original Bell Super 2R like 10 years ago. <laughs> and then something happened. I think you had like that in, in Memphis, didn't the, you? I did. Wait, well, like early on. Like in a Memphis. black one? Yeah, it was black and white. Yep. And then the little like mechanism for the back, you know, that like holds the back of your head that's adjustable. That thing broke. So they warranted it with that one. And uh, with an orange one, I've had the orange one for probably like at least six years. Same thing with my shoes. I had the same set of Mavic shoes and they warrantied those and I still run those. So I had between shoes and helmets, I've pretty much had the same model for 10 to 12 years. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm not really. Pretty awesome. I think I've been, I've been riding a Smith helmet since like 2015 and I should probably look up the Smith one so I can tell people in listener land which full face I run because that seems like is it the main line information? Uh, sure, yeah, that's it. It's their like not enduro looking or not downhill looking um, full face helmet. Like it's still foam. It's not like a light moto helmet. It's a heavy bike helmet. That's correct. Yeah, that's the main line. It comes in a good number of colors. Retails for about three hundred dollars. So a couple complaints about that one for people in listener land. I don't like the D-rings. They are kind of a pain to deal with. Like a, a helmet that lightweight, in my opinion, shouldn't run D-rings. It's just not necessary. Um, just a nice proper clasp is going to be fine. Uh, also, the MIPS system in there, it is creaky. So my oh, helmet is not dirty. Oh, I have cleaned it from brand spanking new. It just freaking creaks all the time because it moves around like a couple mil. And it is insanely loud. And that honeycomb material that's like the carcass of the helmet amplifies that sound. So, yeah. Nice helmet. I like the fit. I like the look. But it's creaky and the D-ring takes a while to um, install and remove. I'm going to say so, something anyway. that's going to make some people's heads explode. I don't like MIPS helmets. Okay. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Is it because they wiggle and make noise? No, it's because they. it's difficult for me to find. I'm, I'm a little between small and medium in most manufacturers, and it seems to be worse with MIPS. Like, I usually end up, with, if it's a MIPS helmet, whatever the manufacturer is, I have to wear a medium, but I'm so close to the bottom of medium that the helmet is gigantic on my head, and I have the, like, rear closure as, as tight as it will go. But a small is just too small. And gotcha. I don't like how they feel either. Like they're just hotter. Um, I sweat a lot and I run pretty warm. Um, so they're just hotter. And I don't like how the plastic feels on my head, like up against my hair. And like I, I have the mohawk, so like it's shaved on the sides and it feels weird. Like, I don't know. It's like putting, you know, your bare skin on like a vinyl car seat in the middle of the summer or something. Like it just. Yeah, like I I don't like it. So I 
I've owned exactly one MIPS helmet and it was so hot. It's the only helmet I've ever had to just like take off during a ride because I'm like, I'm just catching on fire right now. I can, like, I'll put this on when I start descending. Like, I'm just not going to wear it until I start going downhill. So. Yeah. Why, why is being naked on a leather couch so weird? I said like putting bare skin on like a, like a vinyl car seat. I didn't say being naked on a leather couch. Why is being well, naked? Well, well, I said it. Why? Okay, so here's a question, Kenny. If you want to talk about weird, naked, but you have shoes and socks on and you're sitting on a leather couch. That is the most uncomfortable. Like you're you feel more naked when you're naked with shoes on than you do naked with no shoes on. I have a story about being naked. And kids, naked is spelled N E K K I D. T. Yeah. Naked. No, I think it ends that with is a D. Correct. What's your naked story? I'd love to hear about you being naked. <laughs> uh, I went skinny dipping for the first time, and I'm 40 years old. I went skinny dipping probably, uh, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. Don't, really? That's interesting. Don't look at me. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was this like a random person's pool? No, it was an alpine lake. Like there were just there were no other people around, and it's like I'm gonna just run into the water and cool off. It's a hot day. <laughs> so if anyone was at Alpine Lake at whatever time she was there, you should check your GoPro. Like an alpine lake, like just a lake in in a like above treeline area. Well, yeah. it was about at. Treeline. It was like a two hour hike to get there. Supposedly. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I'm I'm definitely going to do it again. Like next, every opportunity I get to be naked in a remote alpine lake, I'm going to take it. That's that's like crazy that you haven't been skinny dipping. I thought that was like... I don't... Yeah. Like something that I every 17-year-old did. I was going to say, I thought that was super normal. And I've done... Um, the ocean's I've done plenty of fun. other deviant things, and I've just never had the opportunity to skinny dip like i don't know just never it just never really crossed my mind like i never made it a point to do it and i never like i didn't ever i've never like passed up an opportunity like you know in previous lifetimes like i've never been like ah, i'm gonna, i'm just gonna sit over here while you all do that I've never done that. Like, I've just never been presented with the opportunity. And finally, I just, I was partially inspired by uh, Karen Jar- Jarko. Is that how you sure. say her last name? I don't know. She does I don't think she listens, so it's okay. She's, she skinny dips in Alpine Lakes. And I'm like, I'm going to do like Karen. And I did it. And it was awesome. I had a lot. I had fun. And <laughs> yeah, I'll do it again. Okay. So do we have any, uh, bicycle questions we do uh, we talked about a helmet we have listener questions well we have listener questions you worked on your bike today yes you overhauled your damper i overhauled my entire fork including the damper and it feels wonderful and i honestly can't remember if i've actually performed that service on that fork before i've done lowers I don't know how many times, like lots and lots of times. Like the lowers are in great shape, but I don't know. Like the last three rides I've been on, I've wrecked every ride, and I haven't really felt that good going downhill. Maybe you're just a fucking hack. You know, that's what most people would think, but 
you know, I'm here to tell you, like, it's not always that. <laughs> There's some 12-year-old in Salida doing some big-ass drop on, like, a clapped-out hardtail, and you're like, nope, not the bike. Not, not, or not me, it's the bike. No, really, so, you know, if I think if you, if you feel, like, totally dialed on your bike, and then all of a sudden, you wreck on every ride and you feel like you can't go that fast like something besides you could be wrong i mean it could be you too like yeah no doubt but um i've often found that like if i service my suspension or something and i you know go out for a ride and like i feel kind of out of control um and just kind of off like i probably didn't set it back up right and i'll end up you know adjusting air pressure or you know checking the rebound be like oh i had it two clicks too fast like it's something like that and as soon as i fix it i feel perfect again and i think uh, i think the fork just really needed that and i i'm looking forward to riding tomorrow to see if you know if i'm gonna wreck again so can i freak out i've got a i've got a i've got a quick one on the topic of just people that are really good at riding bikes Everybody should watch the Sam Pilgrim YouTube channel. That guy is like just full of energy and nuts and can, and he is proof that you can ride anything. It's insane. He loves riding just the most ghetto stuff and can pull just ridiculous moves on stuff. So highly entertaining. Recommend you watch that. It'll make you feel really bad about yourself because when I, you know, bitch and moan about like, you know, the click in my shifter is not the right click. So I didn't ride good that day. (laughs) And this dude is like sending, you know, 12 foot drops to flat on a 36 inch rear wheel, 24 inch front wheel hardtail bike. Um, Then you've run out of excuses. No, you have plenty of excuses. You're not that fucking dude. I hate it when people (laughs) say that. It's like, oh, it's not about the, it's like, fuck. Yeah. You know, there are some people that can do that. Like, Matt can get on any bike and ride a wheelie. Woo! I used to be able to, not anymore. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't know. That's I don't. I, I just think my that's, point. My point of it is not that the bike doesn't matter. It's the fact that if you choose to, or you have the talent, or whatever, like you can do amazing things on pretty shitty bikes. It's absolutely crazy. And one more thing to argue, you can do amazing things on shitty bikes for a very short period of time. (laughs) That's also very true. I mean, it's very apparent. It's apparent from these videos. These are like single things that he does. And it's also very apparent when you watch him ride a real bike, like he's an amazing dirt jumper, for example. And when he's on his personal dialed 26er front suspension dirt jump bike, he is he looks 10 times better. Yeah. He oh, so, he's on so, X Games mode. Oh, so so when he's on the proper bike for what he's doing, it's way better. That What a fucking surprise. That, that is correct. What Can, a surprise. Yeah, right. Can we talk about a proper bike real quick that I just saw that was released today? Yes. Trek just released a really nice hardtail. Only missing one thing, which would be stranglehold dropouts. But they updated the Roscoe to be 29 by 2.6 compatible. It has real solid reach numbers, nice paint, really nice paint. I'm talking at 2,700. Mm, I mean, the color is good. We won't say that the actual paint. No, is this bike's this nice. bike's painted overseas. This paint's nice. Okay. Um, like 
a really nice bike, like a Fox 36 equipped hardtail 29er. Like, and the reach number on an extra large is 495. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, there's nothing to complain. You can't single speed it. I don't know. That's not a real complaint. No one rides single speed anymore except Dickie, Andrea, and me occasionally. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying this bike looks really cool. Um, I didn't expect Trek to release a hardtail that like actually interests me anytime soon. And they did. They just snuck it right in there. Just whoop. There it is. Um, so Yeah. No, it's nice to see people making reasonable price bikes. Uh, as much as I love Specialized, I think they really do make a good product and they have great support. All the things like Specialized makes good bikes, whether you want to admit it or not. But uh, I have a feeling they're they're losing sight a little bit of reasonable price. Uh, would a good way to word that be, it would be really nice to see, uh, let's put a positive spin on this. It'd be really cool to see Specialized throw some R&D and updates into both the Chisel and what's that other bike that's like the burlier hardtail? It's not a pitch. It's not a camber. Oh gosh, it's the one. Uh, I thought it. Right. I thought it was. I thought it was the chisel. The chisel is like the replacement for the crave. Oh, the uh, fuse. Yeah, that's the it. fuse and the chisel are definitely like due for an update on being like modernized. You know, like the the chisel could like magically shave 50 grams out of the aluminum frame and just get updated with like cool parts and then the 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 fuse could get like longer lower slacker meaner and that would be pretty cool so that's just my two cents i think that you're right though like while i love everything that sram makes like at some point, you just can't say, well, it's an S-Works with XX1 everything and a power meter and our nicest wheels and then a specialized bar stem and seat post and specialized tires, and it's $13,000. Like, at some point, that game yeah. just, like, gets tired isn't the right way to put it, but it's just like, wait a minute, like, you changed the paint and saved 75 grams over the Pro why don't I just buy a pro and put my own power meter on it and save like four grand? Like, yeah, it's kind of tough. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, in general, it's just a bummer to see stuff go up in price. Like I don't, I don't like that. Um, I mean, I work in a bike shop, right. But also, you know, any, anytime retail goes up, cost goes up too. So it's not like I'm making more money. Scrooge McDuck and, you know, yeah, I mean, as time goes on with everything, you know, margins will get smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, but yeah, anyway, just stuff's getting expensive. We got a little bit of inflation going on. Shipping's really expensive. Parts are expensive. Like, I understand why things, you know, the actual dollars per what you get goes up. But anyway, it's nice to see people try to hit that uh, hit that value price point. Um. All right, so... You want to jump into questions? Yeah, go for it, Andrea. 
So we had, um, when I put out the call for questions last week, we have, and a few of these are Matt and I commenting, but we had 40 comments on that post. So we won't get to everyone on air, but uh, if we don't get to you on air for this episode, we will either answer you on Instagram, uh, maybe in the comments, maybe in a private message, uh, or we will just save, some of these have actually inspired one or two discussion, like a couple of discussions. So we might just save that and make it uh, a more kind of a focus of an episode. Um, and like someone said, detailed bikepacking setups. I think that would be a better video. So, you know, if we don't get to you, you'll, you'll get an answer one way or another. It just may not be in the next, you know, 30 or 40 minutes. So we'll just start at the top from C. Steven 71. My blur trail has level TLs. My hardtail has new XT brakes, and I only use it for gravel. Shout out to people riding gravel on hardtails. Should I swap the brakes? SM100 is my normal terrain for reference, so Shenandoah Mountain 100. That's like, that race I remember it as being a mix of like kind of rocky single track, but also rocky single track connected by dirt roads. That's really all I remember about that race. And it was hot. And I wrecked and bent an aluminum handlebar. <laughs> That's what I remember about the Shenandoah Mountain 100. Um, I don't know. The level TLs aren't like the fanciest levels, are they? The um, uh, uh, No, they're not. But they basically have like the nice clamp at the bar. Okay. That's like what I, I couldn't there, It's like the lighter weight thing, and none of those have like the extra swing link looking thing or whatever they call that. Um, basically, in the level series, what you're paying for is TLM and Ultimate. Yeah, will have a yeah, different yeah. calip. They have a different caliper. It used to be a monoblock. That's discontinued. But essentially, you'll get the updated two piece caliper on the TLM and the Ultimate, and you'll also get like. Um, nicer little bearings in the lever and you'll get carbon lever blade with ultimate that kind of stuff but from the feel of the brake unlike a, a g2r versus like a g2 rsc very different feeling brakes uh but with the levels other than like a little bit of weight there's honestly not a huge difference between those when you go to the super entry level uh levels like the level t maybe i don't remember what yeah. they all yeah, are but a level t those, is like a db5 pretty much yeah, it's got like an, a big old chunky kind of old school lever to it. Uh, like it attaches to the bar a little different, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'll give my advice is if you don't dislike the way the brake feels, like if you if you like how the level engages and you've got proper piston retraction and all that good stuff, personally, I don't think it's worth the time and the effort and the possibility of having to mess stuff up and re-bleed and buy new hoses and cut stuff especially on most modern bikes, you almost have to, if you swap brakes between bikes, you're probably going to have to install a new hose here or there, which is kind of a bummer and they're not super cheap. So honestly, I wouldn't mess with something that is set up and working because they're both honestly pretty similar in the amount of power they're going to make. So if one doesn't piss you off with like the feel, I would not worry about it. I would just leave them alone. Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, I agree with that. And I imagine that that level, it's been a long time since I've used Shimano brakes. So I don't know, does the XT still have that servo wave, like where you have 
not quite as much of like a, it's more of a progressive feel at the lever instead of like a more linear feel. It does, exactly. So the XT, um, there's two versions of XT. There's going to be a four piston and a two piston, but the lever is exactly the same. And even with, uh, so XTR, they still do make two different levers so that you can have two completely different feeling brakes. Um, and the only, the two piston is the no servo wave thing. Uh, so it's going to be kind of squishy, linear yet squishy. And then the XTR trail, which is going to be the four piston brake, will have kind of that servo that wave bite. Shimano lever with the bite. Yeah, it's like a kind of a, a firm initial bite. Yeah. And um, I never. That a lot of people yeah. are used to. I never liked that on uh, the last time I. Stop. Matt's making like barfing motions. Uh, now, I, I never, the last bike I had XT brakes on was my Pivot Mach 6. And I, I, I often found myself like accidentally kind of like over braking when I hit that point. And yeah, I just, I never really liked those. Even after I got used to them, I still just like a linear, a very linear, very strong, but very linear brake. So, I mean, personal preference preference would be good i think they're both good brakes and you know like kenny said they're gonna both make about the same amount of power yep and shenandoah Matt. is gonna have a somewhat long descents so i guess you know dot 5.1 is a little bit more heat resistant than mineral oil but i don't think that they're not that long for descending so that's matt what are your thoughts if you told me you liked the levels over the Shimano's or the Shimano's over the levels and you were going to like pull a pair off and install new brakes on one bike so both bikes matched, that makes a lot of sense. But like right yep. now your brakes no feely the samey. And like Kenny said, going to buy some hosey, going to make a lot of fluid on the floory, going to cry, probably going to spill your beer, right? Like like all you're going to do is like your brakes don't feel the same now and you're going to make your brakes not feel the same just on the other bike. Like, and I will, I'm going to admit my bias on the leading end here. For those of you that are new, we have friends at SRAM. Andrea and I do. I don't know that Kenny has friends anywhere in the industry anymore. <laughs> Kenny just has this full face helmet and a six pack of nuggets and he's like, ride or die, bitch. Get with it. No, in all seriousness though, like I, I've said before I have a – I'm just going to stop there. Um, I, I like to admit my biases now, and uh, I have friends at SRAM. I have a really good relationship with SRAM. I've done some consulting work with them and helped them on some stuff, and there's been, like, boxes of products show up at my house as a thank you for that. Um, so, like, with all that said, if we go back, my last – XT brake bike was in 2017 and I haven't ridden Shimano brake since then when I sold my top fuel I then my I replaced that or I only rode my Crave for a while and it had level TLMs on it and then I replaced that with a bike that had guides and then oh I feel like maybe my pivot had Shimano brakes yeah, I don't remember. I guess the thing is, is like, or not. yeah, because Pivot was doing Shimano brakes with their own, with their own little like matchmakery doodly. Yeah, 
But anyways, like, I've not, well, to be more, like, to be super factual then, like, for the last year and a half, I haven't personally owned, for sure, a Shimano brake. I don't like them. Um, I like SRAM lever blade length better. I like the integration better. There's only one SRAM matchmaker option, which is matchmaker. You know, there's not iSpec A, B, I, 2, 3, 7, 42, hut, hut. I think you're exaggerating a little bit on the iSpec, but go ahead. But my point is... There, there's there's a lot of yeah, iSpecs. Like, is. for real, there's iSpecs. Every and SRAM to other shifter stuff. works with every SRAM brake except the super low-end stuff from both brakes and shifters. But I guess, like, to stop going down a rabbit hole, like, for me, it doesn't make any sense to, like, Make your bikes still different, just different, different. Instead of like, if if you again, if you told me you were making both the same, that would make sense. But um, for me, yeah, if you said if you just rode both for a while and then you pick your favorite, right, and then you make both bikes the same, that makes a lot of sense. But just switching them, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Not at that level. And and to uh, give a little bit more background, because I've ridden both Shimano's and SRAMs for a long time, and Essentially, the Shimano's feel exactly the same as when those XTR trails came out in like 2010 or whenever those things came out. They feel the same, which is good or bad depending on what your uh, what your camp is. Uh, but they're the same. And also, as much as you know, when SRAM was having all the brake problems, you know, we a lot of times would just say, "Hey, get the Shimano brakes," yeah, and yeah. rightfully so. Uh, but in recent history. SRAM brakes are a heck of a lot better, right? So from a reliability standpoint, right now, today, I don't really think that there's any uh, appreciable difference between those two as far as reliability goes. So at the end of the day, like pick which one feels better to you because they do have a different personality, like they just do. And it's nice that we don't have to pick one based on reliability. And for full disclosure, as much as I like Shimano brakes, I've had two Shimano brakes explode on me, right? So they're not without fault and they still will die. Like the Shimano's are kind of like a two or three year break tops. And then the master cylinder is going to give up the ghost. Like that's just what they're going to do. Yep. What other questions do you have? Let's rapid fire like five in a row. Are you selling foam cutouts of shotguns yet? We are not selling foam cutouts of shotguns. That's a throwback to when Andrea rode with a shotgun or rifle in her backpack to go squirrel squirrel hunt. hunt. And she had experienced a high level of courtesy from every single driver on the road. All the road users in rural Colorado suddenly had a lot of uh, mutual respect. the, The three foot law became like the other lane law. So, All right. Yeah. Um, okay. The next one, I think we could probably... Read it and let's go for it. How Rapid to choose fun. between a 120 and a 140 bike. Seems like there aren't any demos this year. Looking for something that won't suck for endurance racing or black trail drops and tech. Uh, That's from K... Uh, shit, I don't know how to pronounce this person's name. Kevin. We'll just say Kevin. That's that's his name on his profile. So rapid fire. Uh, I'm gonna go first and brutal. Do you want to have your cake or eat it too? You can't yeah. have a bike that shreds the gnar and then rides fun in endurance races. I think you have to align yourself as being either an endurance racer 
that occasionally does big drops and goes, ugh, or a dude that does big drops all the time and occasionally suffers through an endurance race. And depending on where you align yourself there, you need to buy a bike that matches what you find yourself thinking you'll do the most. Is there any disagreement with that? No, I think that was said perfectly. Basically, I have no disagreement. So the biggest thing is not picking which bike you want. Your biggest decision that you have to make is what discipline do you want to pursue? Right. Yeah. God damn, dropping the heat. What 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 you got? Go, go, rapid. No, I was rapid. just going to say, I mean, I've got the in-between bike. I ride a 130, 130 bike, and I can put heavy tires on it and probably do, I wouldn't say black trail drops and tech. I can do tech. I can do, you know, like one to two foot drops, like no problem at all. Um, you know, it, it does, it kind of depending on how I set up, it does both of those things but it's not going to excel at either of those things ever. For sure. So, so yeah, you're you're just asking for a unicorn there. What else you got on your list? Uh from KSPOF, favorite bike company for enduro/trail bikes. Mm. I don't know, man. everything's just good. Like people enduro are enduro trail bikes. People are I'm, making good bikes. I'm going to throw down and I'm going to go for it. SB150. It's the best long travel bike I've ever ridden. Hmm, okay. What I'd, you... I'd like to ride the longer travel Mayhem and see like what my opinion on it would be because one of the people that I talked to, um, he he had one and like he he wasn't just pedal striking; he was like crank striking the ground on descents because the bottom bracket's low. So I don't know if I'd like that bike or not. What do you think, Kenny? Stump jumper. Enduro. I mean, honestly, I just have the most experience with those. And before I say that Specialized is good, the fact of the matter is, like Andrea said, so many bikes are so good now. Like, it's pretty awesome. So please don't take this as I'm saying you should only buy a Specialized. I just see a lot of bikes and I work on a lot of bikes. And from a reliability standpoint and parts availability standpoint and how much proprietary stuff is on the bikes these days... Uh, fit and finish, like inside carbon cleanliness, all those things, all those small things are so good on the Specialized, like for real. It is unbelievable how good they have gotten at making, well, all bikes, but especially trail bikes. Holy crap. The bearings never go bad somehow. No idea how. It doesn't make any sense. The bolts don't randomly back out. Um, They all look good. They've got good storage, all that kind of cool stuff. It's all the parts are pretty normal now. Like there's not all kinds of weird proprietary garbage on them. Um, they're just good bikes. There might be a better bike. There might be a bike with more efficient pedaling suspension stuff, you know, um, there might be a bike that descends better, whatever it might be, but for just an all around, they're just, they're so good. If you just want a reliable bike and maybe not the fanciest thing in the world. And unfortunately, if you're the kind of person that gets bummed out when other people at the trailhead have the same bike you have, yeah, that's a bummer. Sorry. But, you know, just like, uh, you know, Toyotas and Hondas. Well, honestly, there's so many good cars now. That's also what's crazy, <laughs> right? Like Hyundai, Hyundais and Kias and all these cars are so good. But it, let's say you're bummed out. Let's say that the, I don't, I'm lying here. I don't know what the stat is. But if the Toyota Camry is the number one selling car in the world and you have a Camry, 
you're probably going to have a better time because everyone knows how to work on them. There's more parts. You just have to not be bummed out when there's a bunch of other Camrys around. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely some, like, kind of niche companies that are making some weird bikes. Weird as in just, like, a little, uh, I don't know, like the high pivot stuff. And This is not rapid fire answering suddenly. <laughs> That's why I was. That's why I said that this should be a question that we discussed more. And but the, I, I think the reality though is, is like, oh no, that was the previous question. Sorry, I'm like, I'm real tired. Like Kenny Slash versus Enduro. Do you think either one would be a bad bike? No, right? Like they're both good. No, of course not. They're so good. Yeah, these bikes, especially from big manufacturers, they have to be now. They're so well hashed out. But just again, it's my. I'm just giving you my viewpoint because I see what I see, and I see a lot, a lot of specialized. I build them, I warranty them, all that stuff, and pretty much uh, seven days of the week, I would buy a specialized today. That's just how I feel. Yeah. Um, what's next? This is from Jay Does Things. Should I add a Fox 36 and go a few millimeters longer on my 2017 Giant Trance? Sure. <laughs> it's a Giant. It can't get worse. Or buy a new bike. I'm just no. looking for a little more plow and a little more angle on descents. My fork is tired. I don't love any of the new bikes. Okay. So I need to look and thing... see what fork he has. I was, I'm if you, I'm going to retract my statement. If your fork statement. is tired... And say that I was just being a douchebag about about your giant. Sorry. Um, new forks are amazing, though. Nobody's ever put yes. a new fork on their bike and been like, "Man, this thing sucks." That is correct. That is correct. I mean, I'm going to tell people as much as we say wheels are unbelievably important on bikes, and they are. Um, like wheels, tires, all that stuff, incredibly important. But in my eyes. The thing you're probably going to notice the most on a mountain bicycle is that front fork. Like, you just are. And if it's tired, even if it's not a bad fork, but if it's just tired, and forks get tired, you can take the most amazing care of a fork in the world, but eventually, like, they got bushings in there, stuff that's not readily replaceable, that kind of thing, and they're going to get tired. Uh, or if it was a crappy fork to begin with, then, you know, no, it, looks it, like it was it tired was out of the box. Nice. I'm, I'm kind of, like... Scoping his Instagram, it looks like it wasn't a bad fork to start it. Uh, yeah, it, it looks like it's one of them there Kashima Fox Factory forks. <laughs> but regardless, if if you love your bike, if you love all your parts, if you love the geometry of your bike, maybe not ten years down the line, right? But maybe every two years, let's say, and you're going to keep your bike for six. Do the fork, like why not? Get the latest, greatest stuff. It's going to have a great damper. Everything about it's going to be freaking better, and it's going to be minty fresh. So new forks are amazing, and you should always keep awesome, sharp, pointy tires on your bike. Don't ride clapped-out tires. You're going to have a bad time. What are you looking at me for? Andrea's like, I keep crashing, and her tires look... I have new tires on my bike right now. And they're already hosed. Only the rear one? All right. okay, so I'm amazed how many people will ride around with clapped out tires. What I was yeah, going to say, it. they're not Kenny, insanely cheap, but man, keep fresh tires on your bike. You please. worked you at a car a shop. Time. You know how many people drive around with clapped out tires? It's just the same. They're like, well, it hasn't flatted yet. I'm going to keep driving it. <laughs> That's not my last. <laughs> my last tire or, that I took off my bike, my rear tire had like five plugs in it. She rode it like 
I was like, you want to put a new tire on? And she's like, no. And we want to go do this hard ride. And then her plug started leaking. And I'm like, I don't think we have enough tubes to do the ride you want to do in case your plugs fall out. And she's like, well, I don't know. Maybe we'll just won't do that ride. And then she rode that tire for like six more weeks. (laughs) And she wonders why she stresses. Like, I'm now on prescription medication for acid reflux. So... (laughs) It's not because of my tire, jackass. It's not not because of your tire. Whatever. What I was going to say is... You're going to read the next question? No, I was going to say if your 2017 fork has never (coughs) had a full overhaul of the damper and the air spray, if it's only had lower service or if it's never had any service, which I don't think that any of our listeners would actually do that to their bikes. If your 2017 fork has never been serviced... Do not open it. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep praying and replace it. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, pull, it's put worth... Put that fox on eBay and say, this fork's been amazing. It's never even needed service. Yeah, there you go. You know, I'm just saying that doing a, a full overhaul on your fork will make it feel really good. So that might be an option as well. It may be something to try before you drop, you know, the $1,000 on a new Fox 36. What's your next? So I've got a fun one. This is off topic and it's going to piss Matt off because this is the exact opposite of doing rapid fire. Uh, but this is what we do. What are your top three most important parts on a mountain bike? Grips, tires, <laughs> grips, tires, <laughs> saddle. Andrea? Mm, I'm going to have to go with suspension. And grips and tires. Because I'll even get more specific. Okay, I, I think most uh, people don't like for me, I so personally I think saddle maybe like might trump the uh like the suspension possibly. I don't know. I don't I just have to pick four. at least for myself. Because, <laughs> That's fine. Because That's I, fine. I do such long rides that I, I have to have like perfect saddle and fit and everything. You know, but then you also have to have suspension and you have to have tires so that your suspension has something to put to the ground. What were my three suspension or grips, tires, saddle? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. But I'm just thinking of a bike with like, you know, a a steel Suntour fork and like a. Right. But I was, I was playing the game of, I would rather ride a rigid bike with really good tires, oh, saddle, okay. and tire, saddle tires, okay. grips that are really good rigid than like a Fox 36 with like electrical tape on the bars and like that Ibis like stock saddle they used for oh, like yeah, the last the two hatchet. years. The ass hatchet. Yeah. The ass hatchet saddle. Like, <laughs> you know. So what, what I'm thinking, uh, uh, go ahead, Matt. Well, oh, I'm j- I was just going to make the point that, like, your tires grip the ground. That's irrefutable, right? But then, like, you grip this, the the bars on the grips. They're called the grips, right? And then the saddle, like, if you can't pedal the bike up the hill and not be crippled when you get to the top, none of it matters. So, like, you got to be able to pedal the bike up. You have to be able to hold on on the way down. And your face... You know, your tire can't just disappear and your face touch the ground on the way down. So I think if I had to ride around anything, I could ride around poor suspension, whether that be poor kinematics or poor 
setup or poor design. You know, like it's a silver stanchion recon or it's an SR Sun Tour that has grease in it and no oil. You know, like I feel like I could ride around that better than I could, like, for argument's sake, a really nice 36 with a tubed front tire on. Like, what does it matter then? Like, if you have to run 35 PSI in a plastic knobbed front tire, you're still going to be, like, hosed. So, what do, what are so yours, So, my Kenny? thought is, my thought is, if I had to get a rental bike, like, what are the three things that are going to piss me off the most if they're bad? And I would say tires. Uh, I'll say even more specifically, fork. And then pedals. So if, for example, the only thing that was available were Crank Brothers or something like that, I would just go hiking. stay home. Just go hiking? Yeah. yeah. Go for a hike. I mean, you could ride the Crank Brothers pedals, and then as soon as you hit a rock, then you also get to hike. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of spice in that. We'd <laughs> agree to not, and you just chose violence. Like, <laughs> Let's do one more rapid fire. Because if not, I'm going to talk about how I went hiking, and no one wants to hear about that. All right. How about... Oh, that one's like a bunch of questions in one. I'm not going to do that one just yet. Uh, this is a good one. Last I heard, two out of three of you were out of the bike shop world. How will you stay on top of the trends and new products without firsthand experience? It's certainly not a deal breaker, but I'm curious. I look forward to catching up. That is from... Carpy Smith. Carrie what, what P. Smith. Saying Sorry, is I got dyslexic Basically, there. we cannot be good at our job anymore, is what I got out of I, that. Yeah, I that think, was pretty rowdy. I think uh, Carrie P. Smith wants a new job as a podcast host. So, um, you know, I've been dancing around this, and I'm not going to like break it now. I'm in the industry, but I refuse to talk about it. So, this is something that I'm now doing professionally for myself meaning that day-to-day, just riding along. Um, But this is actually really exciting. Andrea and I, like, Andrea did the grunt of the work, and all I did was sign a bunch of paperwork, but now there's an LLC, the Just Riding Along Outdoor Media. So I'm going to take this time to thank her publicly for all of her hard work there. She's making that odd, doesn't know what to do with her hands, Ricky Bobby face. Um, So Andrea put in a bunch of work to create that LLC. I've learned a lot about businessing in the past week or two. And uh, there is an official like bank account and all that stuff is done, which is really cool. And I commend her because she put in a lot of work to get that done so we can do this. And then if someone tries to sue us, because I don't know. They, because we said their pedals break. Because they... I don't know, put sand inside of their camelback and then dehydrated and they want to sue us because we made a joke or something. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you can get sued for hurt feelings these days, is my understanding. Well, um lawyer up, buttercup, because we're about to <laughs> fuck your feelings right the fuck up. Um no, so but in all reality, I'm still in the bike industry, but um no one knows where I work, so you can't call and bitch at my boss because my boss doesn't have time to deal with that bullshit at this job and I would probably just lose my job. So um I'm still in the bike industry, I'm very connected. I spend 40 hours a week standing, yeah, I said it, standing at my tits-ass desk upstairs, and um, I'm a very polite person, and there's going to be a handful of you out there in the world 
that have talked to me in a in my other professional uh role and you've like shit your pants and been like holy fuck you're the dude from the podcast and i'm like yeah they're like oh shit oh fuck i gotta ask some more questions so i can talk to this guy and it's always hilarious and i really appreciate it and um with all that said though like again i'm still in the bike industry i'm still on my fucking game so carrie p smith level the fuck up buttercup because i ain't going nowhere i don't know if it was carrie p smith i don't know i just yeah, I just I got I just totally had a dyslexic moment there and said Carpy instead of Carrie P. And uh, I'm just being a dickhead. Like I, I, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, not only am I still in the industry, but like I still know the industry a lot. And um, oh, real fun fact: I think we can say this on air. Like, uh, SRAM has a really cool program where people test products that are not yet released to the market much much to the disbelief of the comment section on many popular websites <laughs> SRAM doesn't do all their product testing on the general public in their first round of production um, Andrea is in their test rider program and uh, she rides a bunch of cool stuff so like She's very clued in to the bike industry. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm keeping up with it, and I definitely still um, I get to do some continuing education. Uh, I I read, you know, a little bit of cycling media just to, you know, I stay on top of it. And I, when there's new technology out, I learn how it works. And yeah, I mean, that's I, okay. Maybe not like the newest Di two or something. I. I'm not into that. But. Plot twist, there is no new DI2. That shit's all old. Yeah, that's what I... Even the newest one, I'm still not that up on. Even though it's old. And yeah, so, and while I don't <clears throat> while I don't work at a bike shop anymore, I do exclusively read the Pink Bike comment section, so I am luckily an expert Well, yeah, that's the continuing things. education I was talking about. I read Pink Bike comments. The funny thing is, is I don't think Andrea's computer would go to Pink Bike. Like, I think if you type pinkbike.com into Andrea's computer, it would catch on fire. I've literally never visited the Pink Bike website on purpose. Like, I've I've clicked a link before and been like, oh, shit, that was like one of those things where, you know, it can, it shortens the link. And I've gone to Pink Bike that way just accidentally, but I've literally never gone there on purpose. And this isn't to disparage Pink Bike because we are now rival media companies, one could say. <laughs> and uh, they definitely have a lot more um, staff and lawyers than we do. <laughs> but, no, I mean, at the end of the day, like, they've definitely cultivated a certain space within the, within the industry, which is a new product <laughs> is going to be released, and you're going to have 19 pages of comment puns about how this high-pivot bike, they really had high expectations, but they're pivoting once they saw the color of the frames and are rather disappointed that this doesn't have better kinematics for the paint layout or some punny shit is that like really that. what people do in the comments it, it gets that bad for sure but what i will say is while they have a certain slice of the media world we have a different slice of the media world which is we are beholden to no one and there is no laws and there are no gods well, you know, that's that's something that I have seen people, uh, what was the most recent, 
Oh yeah, outside acquired yeah, pink out, bike. Outside and, acquired pink bike, and you know, well, a pink lot of bike people... has a okay. So here's something. When did that happen? Uh, fairly recently, but pink bike and pink bike and one of the road bike places were owned by the same people, and then outside acquired both of them. Yeah, and so you know, I did see a lot cycling of cycling tips. It's cycling. Yeah, tips. Yeah, cycling tips. I, I've seen a lot of people kind of lamenting that. There's no independent cycling media anymore, especially since Dirt Rag went away. And hopefully uh, we can start to fill that hole a little bit. Just a little bit. You want to fill some holes a little yeah. bit? Just the tip? Yeah, I mean... Just, I, to, just, just the tip. Just to see how it feels? There's not a full staff here by any means. So, you know, I will uh, do what I can. Matt and Kenny will do what they can. And we will see where the ship sails well but i i think something really important to understand here is i can't imagine in our future having real early release items meaning i can't imagine ever being sent a bike to review for a brand and you know the people at wolf tooth are really good to us uh wolf tooth sent us some lube um, which I don't know if oh, we've yeah, talked we about. we haven't talked about that. It's actually the... Kenny, have you tried that stuff yet? And just, again, being transparent. No. And um, we we uh, are friends way, with some of the Wolf Tooth people. No, it's fine. I think we'll always tell you guys, you know, when somebody sent us something for free or we know these people or whatever, I, I want to continue to be transparent. What I was going to say is I don't want to receive pre-release stuff because then you are, whether actually or um, or you or you think you're in debt to them in some way, even if you're like kind of legally not, I don't want to be in that situation. Like, don't don't send me stuff. Uh, if you want to send me stuff and be like, be brutally honest, uh, great. Right, and but we are we are always open for that type of reviewing for like any if, company. If specialized, if specialized were to send me an early, early release, whatever, and told me to talk about it, I would say no, truly. I would say no, I don't want to do that. Well, I, Because I, it's going to put me in a bad place. Like, I don't want to do that. I think the term you're looking for is beholden. I even looked it up because I wanted to make sure. It's like when you're owing thanks or having a duty to someone in return for help or a service, you know? So that's just straight up like Google's from the Oxford Languages Dictionary. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of some mafia stuff, right? Where... You know, the mafia might be super quick to help you out, uh, at, you know, kind of for free at first. And then like, oh, yeah, by the way, six months later, um, you're going to do this and you're going to like it. And I don't I don't want to be in that situation. I just don't. It's just a body in your freezer for six months. It ain't nothing to worry about. Oh, man. Speaking <laughs> of that, uh, did that, you know that it's marmot season in like two weeks? But speaking, staying on track, Sorry. staying on track. Um, Squirrel. No marmots. Um, we did get some wolf tooth lube. It's made by SCC, um, and it's really good. Like I promise, like it sounds like I'm beholden to them, but like I straight up, if it didn't work, they I, yeah they know that. Well, like I fucking so what's their, the deal? Their foam grips it, can just fuck right off. But I'll I love just, them. Yeah. So I like, and they'll laugh when they hear Is this. Is it too. regular? Is it regular SCC lube that they just mail to Minnesota or wherever they're from? I don't know that. So my... Mm. I don't know, but I actually do really like it. And it is a lube that lasts 
longer than like just a cheap, you know, anything that's like a, a little on the cheap side, you know, like TriFlow or uh, what, what are some other ones that are maybe not quite as fancy, like Dumontech? Yeah, like, yeah, like Dumontech uh, or something. It, it does seem to where's last Wolf a little Tooth longer. from? Are they from, are they from Minnesota or something? Yeah, they are. They're in like the Twin Cities area. And will it give you like okay. extra watts, like the real fancy new like speed wax stuff? I don't know. Probably not. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I like it. Like I've, it's been a really wet spring and summer here in Colorado. So every ride has creek crossings, which normally that's like a spring and early summer thing. I just thought of something that I thought of while I was hiking pretty baked out of my mind. (laughs) (laughs) You just like ate weed candy and hiked. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's I definitely had edibles for breakfast. (laughs) That's great. It's it's been a, a very moist summer and Every ride has had creek crossings, and I definitely have not lubed my chain every ride, and I I haven't had awful chain noise, or any chain noise, really. I mean, definitely, it's been to that point where, you know, when I wipe the chain off and re-lube it, it it's just a little smoother, but it, I haven't just had the full-on canary noise out of my chain. So the cool thing is we're talking about bike stuff, but I feel like maybe we've gone off the rails a little bit here. Do we have any more questions? Oh, yeah. There's lots more questions, but we can save them for okay, later. We should probably tired. shut it down. Yeah. We're at an hour. I feel like that last one was a good one to end on, just being like, yeah, we're still definitely bike people. Yeah. We're not afraid of bikes. <laughs> yeah. Bike people, uh, and we prefer to be independent where we can. So I'm going to tell you my story about the the you said wet spring right and we all know that there's the most amazing song by cardi b (laughs) yes and it's wet ass pussy and it's the best lyrically composed song that's ever been created (laughs) i'm taking the stance i'm gonna die on this hill okay alone all alone there's a line to the effect of change my wig Make him feel like he cheating. Okay. I mean, come on. That's just amazing. But (laughs) I was hiking, and there was just this really soggy stretch. And I was just, like, plodding through this, like, this wet-ass trail. And I was like, it's that wet-ass CT. Oh, my God. You are such a dork. (laughs) Because I was on the Colorado Trail, and I was like, yeah, this is hilarious. And I'll never remember it by the time I get home. And I didn't until just now. Yeah, that's a pretty awful joke. Well, then I'm going to borrow one of Kenny's famous lines and say, shut this bitch down. If there's no opposition, we'll do that now. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your great pads.